<laughs> Three, two, one. All right, uh, sports fans, welcome to the third TMG podcast of the season. This is Chris Dufresne of TMG, the uh, Mavens of TMG Mavens. Um, with uh, We have everybody together, we think, Tony Barnhart in Atlanta, Mark Blauchin in Situate, Massachusetts, and Herb Gould in beautiful downtown Chicago. We're ready to roll. Uh, before we get started, let me uh, pay respects to our, our sponsor, APBAGames.com, APA, the unchallenged king of quality sports strategy games. Uh, APA and John Herson has been with us for, I think it's his third year with us. Um, check them out. Uh, their baseball game is ex- extraordinary. Uh, Mark Blauchin has been playing it since the early 1950s. Um, we also want to thank our friends at Revelation Recordings. We are recording uh, in Chino at the beautiful Revelations recordings at RevRec Chino. Uh, their contact for faith, Facebook, no, no, their Gmail, their Gmail contact, contact dot, uh, David, I'm going to get this right this week. Okay. <laughs> contact dot Revelation, no S, Revelation recordings at gmail.com. Is that good? Correct. Right. We, and we, we got a beautiful setup. After two years of uh, Dixie Cup and String for our podcast, we are totally professional here and excited to be uh, aboard here. Now, let's get to why we're all here. This is game week. Uh, uh, we call it, um, it's basically Christmas week for adults, uh, sport f- sports fans, uh, the week before Christmas with the first week of uh, college football games. Now, we did have a zero week, uh, a little appetizer last weekend, and I want to bring in Tony. Let me let me first let me give you some stats on the zero week play. Now they were they were two very good games, very exciting games, very close games. Uh, but the uh, here here's the grand total: forty penalties, three hundred and sixty seven <laughs> yards. And 13 combined turnovers. This is two games involving Florida and Miami and Hawaii and Arizona. Tony, Mr. College Football, uh, what do we make of this? Well, I, I, I posted uh, on TMG, collegesports.com, that, er, earlier today that it, it, it may not have been, I'm talking to Florida, Miami specifically, it, it may not have been the Ugliest game I've ever seen, but it could have been in the top two. Uh, it's, uh, it, it, listen, mistakes and penalties and all that, you know, turnovers, it, they're all part of being the first game. But man, oh man, these, these teams just absolutely took it to another level. And, uh, but hey, that's part of it. And if you're, if you're the Gators, you know, the Gators are fussing a lot today. Hey, you won. You beat a you beat a Miami team that's going to beat a bunch of teams this year. So just the Gators need to relax. Oh, absolutely. I mean, they got they got one they got one in their uh, you know tucked in their belt right now, which is you know, if you survive that game, that's a kind of a great kickstart. Mark Blauchin, you ha- I know you have an opinion on this because you called me about five times complaining about zero week, and you thought it it was you know uh, you were apoplectic almost over the idea of playing games this early. And uh, basically, we we got what we paid for. Can you expand on that? Right. I I, I calmed down. I mean, I I was all set to rip ESPN for its 150 uh, 
my, our buddy Ivan Bazel, who's doing doing a great job of putting that together. But 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 it's just too early. It's it's the twenty fourth of August is, is too early to play college football. Too early to play high school football. Let the, let the NFL have its stupid preseason games. You know this this is a good August thirty first is a nice date. It's 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 where we're going. We have we have the regular baseball season starts the last week in March now. It is getting ridiculous. I mean, and it's all because of television. And, and, and you know, I mean, television runs the boat. We all know that. But sometimes you say, "What? What the hell?" I mean, and and you talk about the quality of the games. I mean, that last series. I'm a Miami guy, and I was going crazy on that last drive. Oh my god! Are you kidding me? Uh, what Herb, what was that? Uh, Herb Herb Gould. Um, what do you think about starting games on October? Uh, the argument is: Look, in college. The first game is always going to be the first game, no matter when it's played, because they don't have an ex- exhibition season. Um, but w- w- were these games just an anomaly of you know kind of re- uh, bad uh, bad football? Not you know, not bad, and it was exciting. But I mean, it was they, both games were sort of poorly played. Yeah, you know, I, I, they were too early for me in the sense that, uh, in the interest of domestic tranquility. I did not see one down of either game. You know, when you play, when you play games at that, you know, on, on that Saturday night, I mean, I, I could have stayed in and watched football and uh, and then accepted the divorce papers. Uh, and honestly, didn't have a big interest. I don't watch any NFL preseason games either, which I insist on calling exhibition games, which they are. Um, but you know, as you guys have mentioned, I mean, this is the nature of the world. We see these seasons starting way too early. I am more bothered by the fact that they end way too late. You know, we're playing hockey in June and basketball in June yeah. and, uh, you know, on and on. I mean, what do, what's the date? Is it January? Is it the 13th on the championship game this well, year? Yeah, I mean, this, yep. this is the longest season in college football history. So. Yeah. yeah, I mean, you, you, go ahead, Mark. Go ahead, Mark. I'm sorry. Oh, no, I was just going to say you could make the case that by playing this early, these teams are going to get extra bye weeks, which is going to give right. these kids some rest and, and make these teams better. But, but, but I, yeah, you're right. To play August 24th is way too early. Well, see, I, I, don't, I don't think it's something – I don't think it's, this is a sign of things to come. I think it was a – you know, the fact that we were celebrating the 150th anniversary and, they, and, and the powers that be said, you know, we need to do something – Special. We just don't need to start playing on August 31st. So that, that's when they went to Florida and Miami and said, look, would you be willing to move the game up and then we'll, we'll build the launch of the 150th anniversary season around your game? Yeah. You know, I told you, though, they could have played that game this Thursday night, too, and done the same thing by himself. They could have done it very easily. Sorry, I'm not buying that either. So. <laughs> yeah, you know, I, I think so. I think it's you're not going to go for the early kickoff game in the future, so. <laughs> no, not that, that, not that early. No. We used, yeah, we that used to call it sure. the uh, used to be the pigskin classic. I remember when, years uh, years ago when we used to cover all these things, but I don't. They weren't. You know, yeah, usually Labor Day weekend was as right. was as early as it went. Right, uh, Herbie. Since you missed the game, I'll, I will I will tell you this is kind of how how it went in the the late Hawaii Arizona game. Hawaii had six turnovers. Uh, their quarterback was. Uh, was had Cole McDonald. Cole McDonald had a farm. He, it was is one of my, you know, standard lines on him. But Cole McDonald had four uh, interceptions and when was benched, and uh, Hawaii still won the game. 
uh, stopping uh, Khalil Tate on the goal line with no no time left well, it was exciting. But like I said, it was uh, two games that were 4,700 miles apart, uh, and they combined for 40 penalties. But, you know, we're not, like I said, we don't dictate what te- you know, television is going to do, what television does. And all we can do is comment on it and uh, and move on to the real week. Before we, before we get into uh, uh, the season, I, I do want to uh, kind of, uh, you know, interject uh, or comment or talk a little bit about the Andrew Luck situation. Uh, now, he's obviously an NFL player, but he was he was a, an outstanding college player at Stanford. Uh, one of the – I said maybe the uh, – one of the the purest, most efficient, perfect quarterbacks I've ever seen at the collegiate level. When he was at Stanford, he and Marcus Mariota played in the league at the same time. But he announced his retirement um, war, uh, Saturday uh, due to a lot of injuries, and he just was he was done with it. Uh, but unfortunately, the news leaked out uh, during the game. Uh, in Indianapolis and you know in the Twitter world we live in and he was he was booed coming off the field uh in a really kind of a an unfortunate situation and, and Tony let me ask you about this uh you know kind of the, the world we live in and, I mean and and, and does, did Andrew Luck deserve uh what he got or was this just unfortunate timing or, or how do you why don't you weigh in on that well, the, the, first of all, he no, he, in no way did he deserve what happened. He can't help the fact that the, the news leaked out. But as, as the old coach said, the best part about college, the best part about football is the fans. The worst part about football is the fans. Uh, That's right. You know, and, 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 and I'm sure from a fan's perspective, it's like, it's like you know, you, you, you're, you're telling me now that you're going to retire with your – Hundred million dollars and all that kind of stuff. But no, it was it was it was it was a bad look. Yeah. look for the old fans, and they, and yeah, they were know, they were nervously embarrassed. Yeah. yeah. Go ahead, uh, Herb. The, the part, part that that bothers me about it a little bit, and, you know, it, it's sort of beyond his control. But you would like to think that if a guy is going to retire. He's not. He's going to do it in you know January or March, so that a team can make its plans. I mean, I don't know. You know, maybe maybe he had some training camp injury issues or didn't heal up. What it that's I think what the fans might be booing rather than the the fact that he's purely retiring. Given the way these sports, you know, pro football, college football, you take so many knocks. I, I I don't I don't think less of anybody who retires because they have concerns for their health. It's just the timing of it was really tough. Okay, let's go to you, Mark, on this one. Uh, You live in a city with uh, very passionate fans. We remember the Bill Buckner situation, and, uh, you know, fans are fans. And uh, maybe you can explain kind of the Andrew Luck. Well, yeah, I mean, there's two things. I I agree with her, Duke, is that, you know, if, if he were announced in, in, in the start of training camp or even a few days afterwards that, that began that he couldn't do it, then people would understand it. But the week before the season starts, I think that irritated people. And then I and being in this in this mentality, and especially in New Jersey, and I don't know how it's up here, but especially in New Jersey, one of the reasons people he got booed was he was he was already on the, on the fantasy league. Lots of <laughs> a lot of people would would uh, master the fantasy league teams, and they they're not happy about that. Now they. Now they have to get stuck with who, who knows. In the big leagues, they don't have a quarterback. So I can understand they're, they're, why they're mad. 
Really? I mean, because of their fantasy league? Is this where we're coming from? I can't believe the passion for that. Look at look at the money it generates. Uh, money, it's a billion dollar initially. Well, I'll, I'll tell you, this is a polarizing uh, topic. Every I saw Troy Aikman just rip Doug Gottlieb, who Gottlieb was sort of calling oh, uh, yeah, Andrew Gottlieb, out. Got, come on, Gottlieb calling him a millennial. I mean, come yeah. on. He's a basketball player, for God's sake. Yeah, uh, and not a and very, like not a very good one. Me, but... <laughs> so, uh, but yeah, I've never. This is one, really one of these polarizing uh, topics on on Twitter. But uh, Mark, I I agree with you. I think it this fantasy league factor. Now, Herb, getting back to why he the timing of it, no doubt it was bad timing. But Andrew Luck has been fighting these injuries. I mean, he missed the 2017 season with a torn labrum. He's had calf injuries in in uh, in, in spring ball, and then he uh, then he hurt his ankle. I think he's been fighting these injuries, thinking that he was going to get better, and he just didn't get better. Right. He, he couldn't choose the time where he he decided. You know, I think he came to camp thinking I'm going to try to do this, but it, it got to be too much. Um, uh, I, I don't like the kind of the mental component to this where, you know, people were kind of playing on, well, he's mentally fatigued. That That's a connotation of that of some sort of weakness. Or uh, Andrew Luck is one of the smartest, wisest, uh, most gracious players the league has seen. Um, and he's going to do many, many big things in his life beyond football. So go ahead, Herb. You know, I, I was just going to say, on the other side of that coin, I mean, I wonder about the, the wisdom of someone like a Tom Brady who's done everything he can possibly do in a football uniform, continuing to expose his body when he has a young family and, and a, a, a lot of life ahead of him. I mean, if these guys who continue to play well older than uh, you would expect I, I kind of wonder about, you know, what their mentality is, too, because they're really risking quality of life. I mean, I think we all know older athletes who, you know, I remember playing golf with Stan Makita, who was a hockey great, and sadly, you know, had a lot of brain-related stuff at the end. And, you know, they're just, they beat their bodies, you know, just really beat the, their bodies to hell, and then... You know, you. It just seems like I don't have a problem with anybody walking away from a pro sport thing to have a quality of life in in their declining uh, years. Jersey, uh, go ahead, Tony. No, I, I, I just think it's a, it's a situation. There's really only one, and it's the guy whose body it is, and he. You know, it it was clear that he was beat down. By all this stuff, and I, I was heard. I think you, the, yeah. The timing was timing was completely lousy. But you you walk away when when your body tells you it's time to walk away. Um, I mean, I don't, think, I don't think you would have heard any booze at all if, the, if, if this happened to come like in July July twentieth instead of August twenty fourth. I mean, I, I think people would have would have said that that's too bad. They would have been disappointed, but he wouldn't have gotten booed at all. I think he would have said, "Okay, thanks for thanks for what you gave us, Andrew," and that, that would be it. Uh, well, yeah, I think there'll be a coming around. It's like the Toronto fans that that booed uh, Kevin Durant, uh, you know, when he tore his Achilles in the NBA Finals. A bad, bad look, uh, you know, on TV. But uh, um, you know, I went back and looked at, and 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 we're all old enough to remember 
Sandy Koufax, and uh, he retired at age 30. I went back and looked at his press conference yesterday just to see what he said, and a lot of things he said were the same things Andrew Luck said. I'm tired of taking cortisone shots. I want to live. Uh, uh, I want to. I want the use of my left arm the rest of my life. Uh, had there been Twitter in 1966, and, and and that word leaked out at Dodger Stadium during the World Series that Sandy was going to retire, you think they would have booed Sandy Koufax in 1966, Mark Blauchin? Uh, some people would, yes. <laughs> you can't boo Sandy Koufax. Well, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> that's like no crying in baseball. He, you can't boo Sandy Koufax. If you got Whitey Ford and the Yankees, he, is, he sure can. <laughs> he, Koufax walked away uh, at the top of his game because of yes, he, he was tired of taking shots. He was tired of his arm ballooning. Well, up. look it's at the Jim same, Brown, dude. Yeah. Same thing. Yeah. Uh, Jim Brown, exact same, same, same correlation. What, a 32 he retired? Yeah, Barry Sanders, same thing, walked Barry away. Barry Sanders, yeah. Okay. Walked away. And, uh, and no, you know, I don't, I don't remember people booing Barry Sanders. This is, but this is, you know, the age we live in, and, and everything is so instant. And I think Andrew, and you could see it, Andrew was, uh, was completely kind of just shocked by the reaction because, you know, he, was, he wasn't ready to make an announcement yet, but obviously yeah, the news was out and it was just, a, it was a bad scene. But Well, here, here, here's what's already been speculated on, on, on radio this morning, is that some people say that given he's 29 years old, so he goes through two years and all of a sudden he's completely healthy for, for two summers, is he going to decide, I can, I can do this, I can throw some more years on me? I don't know. I, mean, I think with Andrew Luck, probably not just in a Stanford. He's a pretty smart enough guy, but I, I wouldn't bet uh, 100% against that he comes up. He come back in two years. Yeah, I don't know. It, that's what crossed my mind, too, that, yeah, you, you go away from it for a couple of years, and then he finds out that he really misses it. Uh, that'll be an, an interesting uh, situation if, if it develops. All right. We, we're going to get to this week's games, but I kind of want to – Follow the theme of the of the college football 150. Everyone's doing these things, so uh, I kind of want to drip these out during the year. Last uh, last uh, here's a caller. Who's that? Doug Godlop. Good Doug Gopley calling. Doug. <laughs> so, uh, that's that's my it's my other phone. Sorry, guys. <laughs> that's my. Other, uh, let's. Uh, I want to kind of uh, stick on this 150 theme. We talked last. I think it was last week about you know the best venues we've been in. And today I want to uh, kind of just uh, go around the room uh, and see if you can identify. And I think I know the answer to some, for some of you guys, for, but identify the best college player you've ever seen. I mean, and it has to be in person. It can't be on, you know, TV or, uh, uh, and maybe you give me the top three and then pick your, your, your greatest. I know it's it's a tough one, but Tony, I don't think this is going to be tough for you. I'll start with you. <laughs> I know. Uh, Herschel, Herschel Walker was the best football player I ever saw. Right. Uh, he was he was a trans. The tribute to him is that as a true freshman, the year before Georgia went six and five and had a very average year, but they had everybody coming back. And they just said, if we could find a running back, we'd have a chance to have a pretty good team. Well, they found Herschel Walker, and they go 12-0 and win the national championship. He, he's, he was as dominating a player as a freshman uh, as, as I have ever seen. 
so uh, and, he, and, he right. certainly he has to be on that list, and he would be at the very top of my list. And and you, but you also saw Bo Jackson in person, right? Yep, sure did. Incredible, the greatest, some of the greatest <laughs> athlete I have seen. But it's like we talk when we talk about running backs in, in down in this part of the world. It's Herschel and Bo, and then, the, then everybody else. Yeah, so. it's funny. I saw. I've seen both players uh, play in person, but not in college. I saw Herschel. I mean, I saw Herschel uh, in the, in the uh, USFL with the New, New Jersey Generals. New Jersey Generals. Uh, he went, right. and then I saw, and I covered Bo Jackson uh, for two years with, when he was with the Raiders. Truly, um, well, I, uh, so we'll get to we'll get back to me later. Mark Blauchin. Well, look, go ahead, go Tony. Ahead. Finish up. No, I was just going to say they they play, just just for historical note they played against each other once. Ni- Nineteen eighty-two, Herschel was in his third year. Bo was a freshman and was not as dominant a player. They were running the uh, wishbone, but they played together once, and Georgia won that game, nineteen to fourteen, to win the SEC championship. There you go, uh, Mark Mark Blauchin, uh You you go back to. Uh, uh, Davy, uh, 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 Davy O'Brien. Who uh, you had? Uh, no. Yeah. Okay. Sammy Baugh. Sammy Baugh. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> we talk about talk about in, in person. I mean, in yes. person, and I, I, I've seen all you these had guys to see in, him. in person. Yes, I, I have seen him. Yes, in person, and I got I got I got four guys, and I, I and don't ask ask me to differentiate because they're different positions. Uh, I agree with Tony that Herschel and, and Ball were the two best running backs I've ever seen in person. Uh, the best quarterback I ever saw, you know, just to get some arguments, maybe is Roger Starback. I saw him with the Cowboys. More than I didn't see him in person. I, I Navy, saw him on TV yeah. at Navy, but I saw him in person uh, on the Cowboys. And then the, the surprise one, whichever I'm going to get yelled at for for being provincial. It's not a surprise. I'm, I'm going to guess it. I'm going to guess it. Luke yes, well, Luke Luke Keekley. Absolutely, absolutely. I've never <laughs> seen anyone play linebacker better than he did. Absolutely. I'm sorry. <laughs> I can argue. I'll argue it with anyone, Buckus, and, and and anyone you want to talk about. And and and, and uh, in college, I've never seen anyone play better position better than Luke. Right. I'm, I mean, uh, that's this is your po- this is your opinion. Uh, Herb Gould, we you, uh, give me your list. You know, I don't have the I don't have the obvious. You know, um, Herschel Walker guy because that we don't. We, I just haven't seen that, but. You know, you talk about one game, Rocket Ishmael, you know, against Michigan. Wow. Um, you know, and, and a season, I mean, Tim Brown, uh, a wide receiver, yeah, it was Notre Dame, but he just did it. He did so many things with a football. Um, you know, I did see Doug Flutie in a cotton bowl. Uh, it wasn't necessarily his greatest moment, but, but boy, he was a pretty electrifying uh, college player. And, um, you know, in the running backs, I mean, Ron Dane was yeah. just a load. And, you know, I just happened to see Eddie George. Eddie George just was, he just shredded people in the games where I saw him. Yeah. Um, great. You know, so not an obvious one, but those guys all come to mind for me. Yeah, those are all good picks. Um, uh, I said I would, pro- I would probably pick Bo or, or Herschel, you know, if, if I didn't set my own rules about it. I did not see them play in college. I saw Bo, and I've told this story before, but it bears repeating. When Bo was playing with Kansas City, he would report to the Raiders in October. He'd come in, you know, no training camp, no nothing. And the Raiders had 
on their team, Willie Galt and Ron Brown and a couple other guys that were on the 4 by 100 Olympic gold medal team uh, in eight, from the 84 Olympics and just world-class uh, sprinters. And Bo would come in with no warm-up. He would, I would watch this after practice. He would beat, he would beat these guys straight up for 60 yards. He won the 60 yard dash. Galt and uh, Ron Brown and they would, they would pull away at, you know, 70, 80 yards over the hundred, but Bo was faster than all of them for 60. And college, man, we, we've, boy, we've seen a lot of great players, but what about, what about Michael Vick in that uh, sugar bowl? Man, I mean, yeah. Has there anything? And, and I know I'm not, you know, I'm talking about maybe one uh, unbelievable game. And then uh, I saw Reggie Reggie Bush against uh, Fresno State in 2005, mm-hmm. and I've never seen anybody, uh, you know, have a game like that. Uh, but uh, it, it's a well, great. I, I'll say this. I'll, I'll say this about Blau is absolutely right on Roger Staubach. I, I once asked Archie Manning, who's a pretty good player himself. He said, I, I asked him, who is the best football player you've ever seen? He said, Roger. He didn't hesitate. He said, it was wow. Roger Staubach. Yeah. Wow. That was, uh, uh, yeah, pretty, 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 pretty good. All right. Let's get to, uh, let's, let's get to this week. This is the Christmas, Christmas, uh, morning. I'm, I've kind of, uh, identified, uh, identified some games and then I'm going to have you guys comment on it, uh, because of, you know, your, uh, your expertise in that area. Uh, Blau, uh, UMass at Rutgers. <laughs> 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 now, I was, I was, well, I was trying to find games in your, you know, the Northeast quadrant that you well, kind of covered. You got one right in my backyard, Virginia Tech and Boston College. It's, it's, okay, it's, we'll get Boston to that. Boston College has to win the game to save its season, without okay. question. First game of the year, they got to win the game to save its season. I was going to get. Virginia Tech is coming up a horrible year. It's the most interesting game in, in this part of the country. Um. Well, yeah, the, the the second part of that is the most part important. Of the country. I, didn't, I, I said in this part of the country. Be careful, guys. I'm, no, let's not get carried away. Uh, so so uh, the BCs have to, what, win eight games this year? Is that basically it? Well, they gotta, still... I, I think they have to win eight games for him to save his job. I'm there, they're, they're, I call them the BC 76ers because in, se- in seven, six, seven, six years, the best team that Dazi does has done it seven and six. I mean, five, five seven and six years of one, three and nine year. That's mediocre football by by any stretch of the imagination. All right. Well, those are you know those are your two games that I had listed for you. I don't see anything else that you can comment no, there's, on. There's, there's no. not a whole lot of in the East. No. <laughs> no. Well, and uh, UMass and Rutgers. Uh, Rutgers. UMass is a. Uh, uh, well, UMass. UMass is is is, is, is program on life support, is, is just like UConn is. And Rutgers is Rutgers. I mean, I mean, this this is. I mean, Rutgers has to win this game. The over under on Rutgers is three games. How about that for for Christmas vacation by Vegas? Wow is uh, is UConn pl- not playing this weekend, or did I miss that? Yeah, they're, 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 they're playing, playing they're else. playing tough games uh, against Wagner. Oh, okay. Well, sorry, I missed that one. How did that? How did that slide? Blau, by me? Can I ask Blau? Do you know the last time Rutgers was a fifteen and a half point favorite? <laughs> Uh, when they when they played Howard and lost, I think. In the, we, we, how about that Princeton game back in uh, eighteen sixty nine? They they were two point underdog game I came. Or, all right, uh, Her, was there. Herbie, while you're on the line, um, it, you know this shouldn't be an interesting game, but I'm I bring it up. Tulsa at Michigan State. 
Uh, I only bring it up because last year, uh, Michigan State almost lost uh, to Utah State. Uh, and it's, uh, and I think Michigan State was touted as the number one team in the country by... I, by who, who did that? <laughs> by by, by yeah. one person. Uh, and, <laughs> Uh, the Sparties, um, are, can can the Sparties get caught looking uh, look, uh, like they did last year, or are they going to be ready this year? No, I, I think they'll be ready. I think they're, they're just, they should be awfully good defensively uh, against the Roller. But, you know, I'm, that's not a game that I think is really one. You know, the one that you know, there are other teams in the Big Ten that, you know, you're talking about. I mean, Wisconsin at South Florida, that would have been a really good game about two years ago. Um, <laughs> let's, let's, you know, we're, we're going to assume that, that Wisconsin's going to buckle up and play. But, you know, early season games on the road in, in, a, in a potential hot weather place, I mean, that was where Michigan State really got caught when they went to uh, Arizona State uh, this, in week two last year, a right. game that nobody really thought they were going to lose. and. And they came away very frustrated. So, you know, that's one of the So and uh Northwestern at Stanford. Uh yep. so that's that's gonna be a real interesting game. You know, I think you'll learn a lot about both teams. And Northwestern kind of historically a slow starter, uh, but they did beat Stanford in Evanston in that's an opener right. just a few years ago. So, you know, that'll be that'll be a real fun game, I think. Uh as far and a game with a lot of learning for for viewers. I'm trying to figure out how Purdue at Nevada got got made. I mean, what where, you know, where does you know, what cocktail party does that does that get uh, drawn up? I'm not. Yeah, you know, Purdue's really they they loaded their plate. I mean, they've got they've got a real tough non conference set. I, I I don't know about that either. You know, Nevada played. They played a really good game at uh, Northwestern uh, a couple of years ago. You know, they've also got Vanderbilt and TCU on their non-conference. Yeah. List. You know, that's a – give uh, Jeff Fromm and, and the Boiler administration credit for scheduling up, but, boy, that's a backfire. Too. Yeah, that's, that's what I was thinking. That's, Tony, uh, you got just a, you know – a, a, a banquet, a feast of, of of games to comment on. But I'm going to start with uh, I'm going to start with Ole Miss at Memphis because uh, that's big game. Yeah, tell us about that one. Well, first, first of all, Ole, Ole Miss is coming off a double secret probation. <laughs> uh, they uh, they are eligible for a bowl again. Remember that uh, Matt Luke, the head coach. Brought in Mike McIntyre as his defensive coordinator, Rich Rodriguez as his offensive coordinator. They're trying to make a splash. They, you know, they they were just awful on defense last year. But Memphis, Mike Norvell, they have done a really good job of games at Memphis. They're they're literally 65, 70 miles apart. And Ole Miss knows they have got to win this game. If, if they don't win this game, they are not getting the six wins and yeah. getting to a bowl game. Yeah. So this is a huge game for them. Memphis, on the other hand, they've got the kind of team and the kind of schedule. If they can win this game, they could they could run. They're picked to win their half of the AAC. They could absolutely run the table if they can win this game. Yeah. 
Um, your your Uga's uh, opening at Vanderbilt is Van is Vandy have any? I know uh, you know Vandy always usually pretty good defensively. Uh, I don't know what they got this year. Was that going to be any sort of a strain on your Bulldogs? Well, Vandy's got some of the best skill people uh, in the SEC. I mean, Keyshawn Vaughn yeah. is the leading returning rusher in the SEC. Uh, Jared Pinkney. Uh, Kalaja Lipscomb, great wide receiver, and so I think I think Vanderbilt will hang in there. But the fact of the matter is, Vanderbilt Stadium only holds like forty thousand, and it's probably going to be thirty thousand Georgia people there, <laughs> That's right. just some people that I, I, I've talked to. So I think I think Georgia hangs in there. Georgia has Georgia is a very good football team that has the best offensive line in the country, and so I think Vanderbilt will hang in there. But I think Georgia will pull away. All right, Tony, I'm going to share this one with you. Be Oregon versus Auburn, uh, kind of a split yep. league thing. Now, yeah, but interestingly, you have Oregon ranked much higher than Auburn. Uh, am I correct in in that in your in your tops? You had Oregon at number eight, I think, in our countdown. So, you right. does that does that mean you think Oregon's going to beat Auburn? No, I think Auburn's going. Uh, <laughs> well, what 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 did you do your rankings? <laughs> but, but, but look, look at or- look at Oregon. Look at who they play. Or- or- Oregon's going to win the Pac-12. Okay. Okay. They're going to win. They're going to they're going to win the Pac-12. They're going to go like eleven and one, and then play Utah for the Pac-12 championship and win. Uh, Auburn Auburn's going to win this game because they they got to win it. You know they 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 have one of the most ridiculous schedules. Uh, in the country now, they're starting a true freshman quarterback in Bo Nix. Uh, yeah. Their offensive line was not very good, and, and unfortunately, they all came back. So, I think it's going to be a tight game and a good game. Hey, Tony, uh, let me ask you a question real quick. In, in an SEC Pac-12 matchup, have you ever picked a Pac-12 team to win? Why? <laughs> why would I do that? <laughs> Well, I, I think it's funny you have uh, one well, team ranked you know, number eight in the country, and you don't give them a chance to remember, win. Remember, remember, was it '03 that uh, USC opened the season at Auburn? Okay, '03, '04. I damn right, I think USC win that game. Oh, <laughs> okay, well, that was a long time ago. Uh, that was a long. That was a long time. Ago. <laughs> now, this this is a big this is a big game for both teams. Auburn yeah. in the situation. Auburn's in a situation where Gus Malzahn starts the season on the hot seat. If he loses to Oregon, then all of a sudden he's in a hole, and, and the switchboard's going to light up on the Feinbaum show next Monday. Yep. And it's it's going to he'll be he'll be in a hole and, and be trying to dig out of it all season. Against one of the toughest schedules in the country. This this is the game Washington usually loses early, and Oregon is I guess replacing. That's kind of your theory, I think. We've seen Washington in this situation, uh, in you know must kind of a must win where they don't win. A uh, lot. I mean, there are some interesting the games. Go ahead. Uh, who was chiming in there? Somebody got something to say. Say your piece. Um, but uh, yeah. I, I, I look at a couple games involving um, the locals out here. Uh, I know a lot of people aren't interested in West Coast football, but uh, there's some interest. I mean, UCLA at at Cincinnati, a Thursday night game, uh, a big kind of a big game in the Chip Kelly uh, second season. Uh, see where they're at. And again, uh, Fresno State at USC, another huge game for um, a USC uh, against a 
program that is pretty good and that has a, a, a history against USC. They beat When they beat um, USC in the uh, Freedom Bowl in 1992, that was arguably the, the worst defeat in the history of the program. A lot of people still remember that. We know how that works. Uh, so that's a big game. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, uh, and then the whole thing is, this is kind of, uh, I don't know, anticlimactic, but the Monday night game, uh, Herb, Notre Dame at, at Louisville uh, might have sounded, I, I, you talked again about one of those games that might have been good three years ago. Uh, right. I, I'm not really, I can't get that excited about Louisville. I don't know about, you know, I know how horrible they've been, they've been but is, is Notre Dame have to worry about thinking like I'm thinking? that this? <laughs> well, I think, you know, the big question is, you know, among the Irish faithful is, are they going to cover three touchdowns? You know, that, <laughs> that line is you know, 21 points here. So I don't think there's a big question about whether Notre Dame wins, but as we know, the you know, and especially in Jersey where there are a lot of Notre Dame fans, um, no, I think Notre Dame will be fine with that game. Uh, it's just a question of whether they're going to cover that number. Uh, you know, Ian Book is is really a good fit at quarterback for Brian Kelly. They they just they just really connect. You know, it's like a coach on the field. Uh, that defense has a lot of pieces in place. Uh, you know, the new running back showed a lot of promise in, in some brief flashes. Um, yeah, I I don't have any question about it. Like you said, you know, a few years ago, but Louisville, I mean, the bottom fell out there uh, since they were, you know, uh, an ACC, correct? No, yeah, no kidding. Uh, all right, well, we're gonna let's wrap this up. We've uh, we've gone, uh, we've done our due diligence. I think um, is there is there any game out there? I'm looking, uh, kind of a watch it game. I'm looking at, and I I don't even know if this is a watch it game. Boise State at Florida State. Uh, no, that's that's Boise all the way, right, Tony? You don't you, you think? absolutely. This is I can't tell you how many questions I've gotten about Willie Taggart as yeah. I as I travel around, and he really needs to win this game because there are people who are absolutely convinced this guy can't coach a lick. Uh, other people, though, I talked to said that the, the the locker room was so bad when Taggart got there, he finally decided he had to burn the thing down and start all over again. Yeah. So we'll uh, we'll uh, we'll see. Are we uh, are we missing anything, Jersey guy? Are we missing a game, Herb? Are we missing anything? There's one game out in you're part of the country that that's mildly interesting to me, and I kind of circled it. it just out of is BYU Utah. I mean, I think you, I mean, you'll see how good Utah is, and this if yeah. BYU is back to being a, a, a semi contender. I think that's an interesting yeah. rivalry game. The Holy the War. I think that's that's, that's yeah. That that's one of those games. That's a good point, Blau. I, I think you know that that's a game that I'll, I would look at the result, and I'm going to say, well, Utah better come out of that game, and and not, right. I don't think they win by any number, but they better win that game, and they better look very solid doing it because the expectations are very high for them. Yeah, I, I like I like, Pac West. I like Utah a lot. Well, we'll see. I like them. I know why I you like, like them because they play defense. Yeah, they they're they're they an SEC, yeah. They have one of the best defenses in the country. Everybody came back. The quarterback's back. They hired Andy Ludwig as the offensive coordinator away yep. from Vanderbilt. Uh, that's, that's, that's a good – and I just think Kyle Whittingham's a really good coach. Yeah. 
All right, boys, I think we're done. Uh, have a good week and enjoy the games, and we'll be back at some point uh, in the near future. Everyone good? All we're right. good. Adios. Adios.